Welcome back to the Desert Springs Church podcast. It exists to supplement the ministry and growth of the body at Desert Springs Church. My name is Drew. I'm here with Ryan. And as we anticipate going into our new space this coming Sunday, uh, this uh, at the recording of this podcast, it's this uh, next Sunday, the October 15th, will be the first time our whole church will be in the room all together in our new space. It's going to be awesome, and we're so excited. Um, but there are some implications to that. And part of that is we're going to have a new Sunday morning schedule for our whole church. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have what we're calling the equipping hour, which will be from 8.30 to 9.30 every Sunday morning, where there'll be classes, uh, multiple classes available for adults. There'll be youth for 6th through 12th. There'll be the whole complement of children's ministry classes available. And that's from 8.30 to 9.30. And we hope that all of our church members will be a part of that and make that a priority in their weekly rhythm and particularly in their Sunday rhythm. But then at 10 o'clock, we'll have one worship hour. And as many of the families know, uh, we won't have childcare for uh, six and up. So uh, DSC Kids won't be available for those that are six and older. Uh, Pastor Tate recently uh, put out a video. Uh, and if you need access to that, we can, uh, we can forward that along, let us know. Uh, just talking about the philosophy of why we're doing that. Uh, but just assuming that it's a good thing, we're going to assume for this podcast and not really go into the philosophy here too much, but Ryan and I, as, as parents, as um, pastors, we wanted to give some practical advice, some pastoral wisdom and, pa- and practical advice for parents as they're considering bringing their children into the gathering. Yeah. Um, it's a, it can be a difficult thing. It can be an a intimidating thing to think about bringing your six, seven, eight-year-old in if they've never done that. Mm-hmm. If this is a new thing for you, uh, we want to we wanna feel that with you, and we want to help walk you through what that could look like. Uh, for many families in our church, they've been doing this for, for years, and so they can, they can nod along as we talk about the complexity, the difficulty, the challenges that, that come up when you're trying to get your, your children to uh, participate in a Sunday service and, uh, and participate in a way that's helpful and, uh, and, and good for everybody. So, so let's, let's start with—we're uh, going to walk through this chronologically, Ryan, and start with your first piece of advice for parents that are thinking, okay— how do, how do I even start to prepare myself and my kids to to bring them into an hour and a half long worship service? Yeah, practice, practice at home, uh, practice using family worship. Uh, I dare say that a, a homeschool family probably has a, a slight leg up in that they're used to uh, with mom or dad, uh, usually mom. They're they're used to sitting still and doing their work kind of alone. That's and that's similar to a, a worship service. Um, but for every kid, every family, um, hopefully they're engaged in what we call family worship sometime in the schedule of the, the life of the family um, that's set aside for some Bible intake, some prayer, and perhaps some singing. And uh, you're kind of our guru on staff about those things, Drew. Um, but if we think, regardless of what goes into it exactly— uh, that's a time for kids to kind of practice mm-hmm. sitting still, listening. Uh, they're not in charge. They're not dominating. Uh, it's not all about them. And and so while a, a time of family worship, I would suggest, probably shouldn't be an hour and a half, yeah. it can be a little microcosm of church. Yeah. 
And so where a family says, I don't even know, how, do, how, how would my kid sit still next to me during one of your sermons, Ryan? I would say, okay, well, they sit still during their favorite movies. Yep. Um, we, we have them sit still when it's a matter of safety. Yeah. Um, they're, they're slowly learning some decorum, some yeah. manners, all these kinds of things that School we're trying to teach our kids. kids that go to school, they school, sit in class. Yeah, they yeah. sit in class. Yeah. And so family worship is a time for parents, I think, to test that out, to kind of see where their kids are at. And if your kid cannot sit still for 15 minutes, he, may, he or she may not be ready for being in the worship service, or at least we should talk about how that works um, in the worship service, yeah. not just before it. Yeah. No, that's great. Family worship, I think, is a, is a key preparation uh, to uh, allow your kids to experience what it's like to just sit still, listen to, the, listen to a parent, read the Bible, and, and not... Uh, be the center of the universe for just a minute. Kids, young kids in particular, are kind of used to having their lives catered around uh, their sensibilities and what they want. And we found that family worship is a great way to just say, nope, we're going to sit still. We're not going to have any toys. We're not going to have any screens. Uh, and you're, n- you're not going to run around. I've, I've said that we don't have free-range uh, family worship times where our kids just kind of do whatever they want. No, they, they sit. They sit still and listen. We've done that from the youngest, uh, from... Uh, like a year old, we've done that um, with with all of our children, and so it's not so shocking to them when they come to a church service. This is normal. It's mm-hmm. like this is what we do. Yeah. This is what what our family does all week. So, uh, yeah, just to emphasize what you said, family worship, uh, regular rhythm of gathering with your family to sing, pray, and read God's word. It can be ten minutes, can be fifteen minutes, can be thirty minutes if you have. You know, older kids where you can have a stimulating conversation and they have they have questions yeah. about heaven and hell and what the passage was. If you're if you're just real quick, if you're wondering, okay, what does family worship look like? How could I start as a family? If you've got young kids, uh, parents, start in the gospels. Uh, gospel narrative is fun. Kids like stories. They can follow Jesus, disciples. They can follow the characters, and you just read one chapter from Matthew or Mark. Mark would be a good one to start. Mm-hmm. Read one chapter. Um, ask your kids, you can ask your kids a couple of questions about it. What does this teach us about Jesus? Or what does this show us about ourselves, about human nature? What are people like and what is God like? Those are two kind of core questions. So getting at a theological question and an anthropological question. What does this teach us about God? What does this teach us about man? Um, Even young kids can kind of latch onto something. Talk about that for however long your kids want to talk about it. Then sing a, a verse acapella of a hymn that you know, and if you don't have anybody musical in your family, you can just pull it up on Spotify, play it, sing sing a verse of Amazing Grace, and then one or two of you pray a quick prayer. And then there, there are many, many resources on how to amplify and stimulate any of yeah. those different aspects. And we as pastors, any any pastor on staff would love to talk to you about what that looks like. But But family worship is the best way to prepare your kids throughout the week for anticipating Sunday morning, uh, making the word, prayer, and singing central in your homes will just overflow into Sundays. Can I drill down a little bit further on the preparation yeah. involved? Uh, so some family could be doing family worship, but it's all it's pulling teeth. Uh, you're not making much progress. Mm-hmm. You might not actually. You might actually need to think about your leadership among your kids. Um, Sarah and I would talk about when our kids were little, 
having their eye. And Mm -hmm. by that, we meant, can a look sufficiently get their attention and remind them, we're mom, we're dad, and you need to listen to us. Yeah. So maybe it's a raising of the eyebrows. Yeah. Maybe it's just a locked eye-to-eye kind of thing. A hand on the a arm. A hand on the yeah. arm. Yeah. Um, something like mm-hmm. that. That that can be really useful when it comes time so, to be in the church service. A nonverbal cue. And you need to get yeah. their attention. Yeah. So we're kind of skipping ahead to the, the moment of being in the service, but uh, for the purpose of preparation. Yeah. So in a church service, it's not ideal for mom and dad have to, to have to... Um, lean down and talk to Susie about why we're doing this and why it's so important. And mm-hmm. I need you to sit still. Remember, we talked about this. Yeah. Hopefully, you can that work should... on the hand, yep. the eye, the raising of the eyebrows to just get their attention. So that's something to concretely that's work right. on at home. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's good for prep, and then we're going to talk about that in post as well after the service as you yeah. debrief and and correct. But discipline, discipline's a, a key part of this: the positive and corrective discipline. Um, family worship is a wonderful venue for discipline because what I just talked about, the scenario I talked about, some parents are going to hear that and think that's insane. What are you talking about? Like having my one year old sit still and do nothing else while Dad reads an entire chapter of the Bible? Some some parents are going to think that's that's wild. And yes, that takes discipline. That takes corrective discipline. That takes positive discipline and encouragement and affirmation. And it's going to happen um, because you can't expect your two-year-old, your three-year-old, or even your six-year-old to sit through a corporate gathering if they've never had to, to do that in context of, of worship and word and prayer and things like that. Um, so discipline is a huge part of this. And parents... Uh, we're here for you to encourage you, and we know that it's difficult, and uh, but it is worth it. Um, and this will be good for for you, for your family, for their relationship with uh, with the gathering and with the local church. Yeah. All right, so let's move a little bit closer now. So we're working on all week. We get to Saturday. Um, Saturdays are a huge day for us in the Hodge home. Uh, we, we really like to protect our Saturdays. We really like to remove as many obstacles as possible that could potentially hinder us from getting to the gathering or from getting there full strength, mm-hmm. from just being being on. Uh, so what that looks like for us is just we, d- we try to avoid going out late on Saturdays. We don't want to stay up late. We prep with clothes, getting clothes laid out. If you've got, if you've got multiple kids or just even one kid, or even for yourself, if, you, if it takes you a while to get yourself ready, get mm-hmm. your clothes ready. Read the scripture passage that we're going to be looking at the next day. Uh, that goes out in our weekly. So if you get the DSC weekly, you'll see who's preaching, what the passage is. Mm-hmm. Read that section of Scripture, and then pray a prayer for the gathering, for your family, to be prepared, to show up eager, show up early, and and all of those things. And then uh, maybe sing a song. I, I like to ask my kids, hey, what songs do you think we should sing based on that Scripture? I'm trying to <laughs> teach them how to be song leaders yeah. and, and, cho- and choose good songs. And, and sometimes they... they they pick really good songs. Sometimes they pick better songs than I pick. Um, and I'm like, oh, I, we should have done that. But we'll sing a song or two that, that helps us prepare. And that's just taking the whole Saturday night because I've heard this cliche, and I put it in my in my little guide here, uh, that, that Sunday morning is a Saturday night decision. Mm. Right? That's true for a lot of things we do in our lives. We have to be prepared. We have to like get ready and kind of gear up for um, 
for what we're about to do. And, yeah. and Sunday morning is no different. So you just back up, right? Yeah. So if being, if you'd like to find a certain spot to sit, we'll get to that in just a second. Yeah. But that means coming in not five minutes late. Ideal. Of course, we've all been it's there. We've all happen. had times where you're yeah. late and things things do arise. But you're trying to back up as much as possible and prepare as much as possible to remove the surprises yeah. as much as possible. Yeah. So if if you want to sit in a certain spot, that means getting there in a timely way. Maybe you also have a three-year-old that you're checking in before you get to that spot that you want to sit in the auditorium. Uh, okay, so you got to factor all that in. Yeah. And, and then it not, if you don't want your Sunday morning at home to not feel rushed and chaotic, well, that's that's when you kind of think of things like clothes yeah. or what, like just even asking on Saturday night, okay, what time do we need to wake up? Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. you, you just, wake up, you breakfast, back up the all, time, all of that. The timeline. Yeah, until, yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. Yeah, so getting there, getting there early to get your kids checked in. Uh, that can be really helpful so you're not feeling rushed. If you've got a younger kid that's going to go into the nursery, um, and also then the pre-service prep for us includes uh, bathroom. Take care of your kids' tiny little bladders so that they don't have to leave during the gathering. Wait, wait, wait we skipped a step. So before we leave home, we mm-hmm. should – maybe every kid has a Bible, right? Yep. It, maybe the, maybe not the youngest. The kids that can read, yep. Right, but uh, they have Bible. They have some sort of writing utensil. Yeah, yeah. Right? So for us, for us, we've we've kind of taken a a single page, single writing utensil, uh, because you, if parents you brought your kids in and then they have this this bundle of writing utensils, whether it's crayons or markers or pens or whatever, and then they're just going through it. They're just filing through it. They're dropping them. It's just it's noisy. It's yep. disruptive for them, for you, and you're like, just pick a color. And so we just decided as a family, we are going to eliminate the, ch- the choices. We are going to eliminate those options and just say, you get one thing to write with because we like them to be engaged. And, and some of them, not all of my kids take notes. One of my, uh, one of my uh, kids is, is like me, and that, that's actually distracting for him. And he listens better just sitting there with mm-hmm. nothing in front of him. But other, other kids, they like to write down what's on the screen. Mm-hmm. So give them, the, give them one, one thing to write with and one page. Because again, if you give them a whole coloring book, they're going to draw for 30 seconds on every single page. And they're just going to be flipping pages. And at some point, someone's going to go... <laughs> With a pen yeah, or yeah. crayon, very loudly. Yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah. So just being sensitive to those things and trying to trying to coach your kids, get get help them be successful in in taking notes, participating through their writing and drawing. Even uh, Arabella, my oldest, at one time would uh, she would storyboard almost like comic book the sermon, especially if it was a narrative. So she would take this one scene and and little speech bubbles and things like that, and that was just her way of engaging with the sermon. In the the preaching moment, so so one one utensil, one page can yeah. can help clean up, and then and then a word about snacks. We we decided as a family that our kids would not starve if they went an hour and a half without eating. Mm. So we just didn't bring food in. Um, I think unless your kid has some medical condition uh, that I don't know about um, that you that you need to make that provision for that they can go an hour and a half without eating. I understand some parents with younger kids want to use that as a, as a device to just keep their kid occupied, keep their kid busy. So if you're going to do that, just be sensitive to how noisy the snack is. Yeah. It can be simple, as simple as putting putting the uh, the, the gummies in, in a container that 
isn't a plastic bag that makes a bunch of creakling noises or a and paper stuff. bag, a yeah, paper bag or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, just be, be mindful. And that's part of the preparation, just coming and having some gummy snacks and maybe they're not the, the loudest snacks coming out of the loudest container. Um, but for, again, for us, I think I would encourage you to consider, um, just saving, saving snacks before and after yeah. that can be a prep thing. Get your kid a snack before they go in and then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have a snack after or we'll have lunch after. And I believe that your kids can can go that hour and a half yeah. without needing to eat. So that's part of the preparation before you leave the house. Yeah, and then let's get back to where you were with uh, yeah, yeah. the bathroom before. So, yeah, you walk in, you want to check in, get hit, get there early, and then you want to uh, do do a bathroom break before uh, you come in. Um, I see a number of families where they, where a kid will consistently leave during the message or during the gathering at some point to go to the bathroom. Now, if there there could be circumstances where your child has a condition that it just can't, they can't hold it for an hour and a half. Um, but, but we found that if we take our kids before um, and it's not an emergency, then our kids can make it, our kids can make it an hour and a half without needing to go. But if we don't prepare for that, then we'll be surprised. Yeah, our yeah. kid, they drank more than usual that morning and, oh, they got to go. And so we've tried to avoid that just by having this idea that leaving the gathering is a, is a really big deal. Um, the gathering itself is a really big deal. So leaving it would be a big deal. So it's for emergencies. Um, not that you can't. Obviously, we're not, we don't want our kids to sit there and suffer or make a scene in the gathering but, and, mm-hmm. and you need to take them out. Um, which we can talk about here in a minute, for, for particularly for younger kids. Um, but if there's a bathroom emergency, take them out. But you don't want it to be routine. You don't want it, your kid to just be like, oh, I'm bored now, so right. I'm going to ask mom to go to the bathroom. I did that when yep. I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, I didn't because I was a pastor's okay, kid. Right. And let me tell you, I'll tell you a story. <laughs> I remember one time I was sitting in the gathering, and I think I was middle school age, and I had never left the gathering. Mm. Not once in my whole life had I ever walked out during the gathering to go to the bathroom because I just knew better, knew what was at stake. Um, And so one time, yeah, I was not feeling well, just leave it at that, sweating and thinking, I've got to make a huge decision here. Is this going to be the first (laughs) time I'm going to leave the gathering or am I going to do something in the gathering yeah, that yeah, would be way, way worse? Yeah, right? it sounds like and so it was the right thing to do. I left, and then I remember so many people were like, oh, are you okay? We saw you get up and leave. Like, is everything okay? And I was so embarrassed. But anyway, we don't want to make it about being embarrassed or not. But just, just to have this expectation that we'll take care of that beforehand, and when we get in, it'll only be for emergencies. Um, Ryan, what else for... All right, we've done we've done all that we we can. Do you have anything else for prep for well, before you get where in there? Do you sit. So I think yeah. if you've got small kids and you anticipate that at some point, uh, so so we, we we know that it's not black and white in that a family is not ready to have a six year old in, and then all of a sudden there's this magic week, and then they are fully ready to have this right. six year old in the worship service. Right, uh, it's fuzzy. It's a little bit more of a, a learning curve than that. And so let's imagine a family who they're making some progress at home. The six-year-old's ready to um, have a, a Sunday in the service, um, but but an hour and a half is a lot longer than the 15, 20 minutes they've done at home, right, rightly so. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that family probably should sit in a strategic place where they anticipate at some point they're going to need to leave. So 
I felt like as um, Sarah and I, when we were raising our kids, I was I was a pastor as well. Um, you know, my kids were pastors' kids. The, the there are some expectations put yeah. on them for better or worse. Yep. Um, point being, uh, th- there were plenty of Sundays where Sarah was taking a kid, one of our kids, out of the service in the middle of my sermon, yeah. and it would be for a moment of um, private discipline or a, a a sharp word of rebuke, perhaps, whatever mm-hmm. was needed. Uh, and, and perhaps it's a, a surprise bathroom break yeah. that we didn't um, yeah. sufficiently prepare for, something like that. So if you think that you're in that kind of stage where you might, they might get uh, distracting to those around them in mm-hmm. such a way for long enough that you really need to step out, then plan to sit by one of the doors that is not let's say, the front row. Yeah. Uh, there are some doors that are very close to the front, but keep in mind that at the front, basically the whole congregation can see you. Yeah. And if you would like to not distract them from thinking about yeah. what God's Word is doing at that moment, then you can probably sit in a more strategic place. Yeah. So just just yeah. be watching Absolutely. for those kind of good places to sneak out and uh, and take kids out when it gets that point. Drew, when, when yeah. do you think... Is that point that a parent needs to say, "All right, we're we're going out." Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, so we had a really really low threshold for that. So meaning, uh, my wife would would take uh, one of our kids out, particularly when they were young. Say we're in the nursing age. This is you've got a baby in there with you. As soon as the baby would start to coo and make noise, and she would just know that it was time to nurse again then she would be up and she would be out and go into the mother's nursing room or or just out into the hall where she could uh, watch on the screens and and uh, and not be disruptive in that way for for younger kids uh, and then we we put we put our kids in the in the nursery so in the children's ministry until uh, probably probably on average 4 I'd say four or five years old was when we were regularly bringing our kids into the gathering. So from basically from after they nurse, so from like one to four or five, our kids our kids weren't a part of uh, the gathering, not just yet. Um, we felt like it was the best use of, of uh, the ministry and, and, and our time for them to be in the nursery during those years. But we understand that some parents aren't going to make that decision. Um, so, so for us, once they were five and they were in there, they were, they were ready because we were, we were, we had been working. I say they were ready. Uh, they knew the expectations they knew what we were expecting and what we were asking them to do, um, in a way that a 18 month old, a one year old isn't going to understand and, and be able to hold on to. So, so I don't have the personal experience for taking a two year old out, uh, because that we just didn't have that. Uh, happening because they were back in the, in the nursery, but for us it was a it was a really low threshold. If we felt like our kid was being being disruptive for for longer than five seconds, <laughs> it, it, we, we were out. Um, we would be up and out. Yeah, um, yeah. A, so a metric we used is when do you notice people's heads turning? Oh yeah. So yeah. if one head turns, uh, well, that's just a, a person who's you know a little easily annoyed. Um, but when you start to notice several people are looking back, I, I think that this probably is a time for me to step yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. If I could, we could pause here just for a second to give a pastoral word to our whole church. 
Anytime you have a, a young child sitting around you and you've got parents that are trying to get their kid to sit still and listen, let's all be um, really, really patient. Uh, when you hear a child making noise, let's pray for those parents and pray for that child. Take a moment mm-hmm. and be thankful that our church is alive and there are children <laughs> here. And, and, yeah. and so we are thankful for little noises and little hands and little feet and little voices. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, we're not we're not putting this podcast out to say don't bring your kids in. No, Obviously, we're no. saying bring them in. Here's the plan. Help us help us to do it well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and so that's that's an exhortation for everybody just to to be uneasily distracted, to be thankful that they're in there. Now, that's that's for everybody else. Then for parents, which is what, who we've been talking to mostly yeah. in this podcast, for parents, there is a time to take them out, and that's when you feel like they're being a distraction. And so, for some parents, uh, they're going to be you're going to be more sensitive to your kid's movement than everybody else. For other parents, you're going to be less sensitive to your yeah. kid's movement than everybody else. You've gone a little nose blind, a little, a little. We we called it ear callous. You a little. It's white noise. <laughs> you're used to your kids' noises, yeah. And so and so you're used to your kids' smells and and bells, and so you've you've stopped being so sensitive to it, yeah. Um, if, if you're in that boat where you feel like you might be in that category, ask someone, ask an older, wiser brother or sister in Christ who knows you, who sits around you, who watches you and your parenting and your kids in the gathering and say, Hey, how we doing? What, give me, honestly, are my kids noisy? Are, are you noticing anything? Are you hearing anything that maybe we could address? Um, just be be transparent, be honest about it, and we sh- we should be able to have those kind of conversations with each other and say, no, I think you're doing a good job here. Maybe here's something you could consider, or no, I think you maybe should lower your threshold for noise just a little bit, and and maybe be a little quicker on the draw to take your to take your two year old out yeah. when when your two year old gets triggered by something in the sermon and wants to have a, a loud conversation with you in the middle of the sermon, that might be a time to, to take them out and and recalibrate yep. what what the expectations are. Yep. Yeah. Drew, you guys, I know, were uh, really thoughtful about what happened after the service. Yeah. So for the Hodge family, what's that look like? Yeah. So, so after... The gathering, we always debrief. We always have some kind of debrief where we're talking about everything that took place. And then um, we use this code for, for, for discipline. Uh, even, even still with our, with our, with our children, our, our youngest is seven, oldest is 14 and everything in between. We still have a cue, a public cue. So you were talking about the eyes and the, you know, the kind of look, the nonverbal stuff for younger kids. For the older kids, we just have this cue that says, we're going to talk about this when we get home. Yep. That's yeah, we did that. That's too. cue for you. You didn't do. You right. didn't keep your end of the bargain. We got. We got. You didn't do something that we talked about you doing, or yeah. you did something that we explicitly said not to. Yeah. And it wasn't. It wasn't this. You know, loud, ridiculous no. moment that needed to be addressed right then. But there was consistent behavior that did not meet the expectations that were clearly laid out ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And so we'll talk about it when we get home. So. So that that's cue for discipline. So we would come home and we would discipline that child or those children for whatever it was that they were doing. If they were talking or if they were they were moving or they were running in the building, we've talked about not running and and we've had we've had to discipline for that. Um, but in a positive way, we just love talking about the whole gathering. So on the car ride home, lunch table, um, I'm always asking kids, tell me about the sermon. What were maybe what was a word you heard? 
Pastor Ryan use, or Pastor Fry Fry, my kids call him. Uh, what, what, did, what did Fry Fry say that uh, my kids have known Ryan their whole lives? So it's Fry Fry. Um, Hopefully that does not become my church-wide nickname. <laughs> no, no. Oh, it will now. Um, what, what was a word he said that you didn't understand? Or what was, a, what was something that stood out to you? And we'll just talk about it that way. What were some of the songs that we sang? Um, and, and what was your favorite song that we sang? And we'll talk about it that way. Or what did you do in uh, DSC Kids? What was the lesson about? So we'll, we'll go around and I'll have each kid um, contribute to the conversation. And we've done that every single week. My kids know it's coming. They're not surprised. And they know mm. they're going to have to have an answer. Right. You're going to have something. to. Okay. Right. I got Dad's going to ask. So what? What am I going to say about about the gathering? Um, so they know that we we talk about it. We know that they know it's important. Um, but in the early years, when we were first bringing all our older kids in when they were young, um, we would debrief on how they did. Okay. okay. So, so not did. just. Yeah. Takeaways from the sermon, nope. but nope. also okay. discipline. Yeah, you were you were moving a little too much there, buddy. Okay. You you were a little too fidgety. We need to have self control. We need to sit still. You do what mommy and daddy do. That was our expectations for mm-hmm. them. If we stand and sing, you stand and sing. You don't sit. You don't crawl on the floor. You don't climb on mommy and daddy. You stand and sing. Mm-hmm. When we sit and listen, you sit and listen. When we pray, you pray. So just watch and do exactly what mommy and daddy do. You're not having your own little children's church <laughs> within the gathering no. uh, under the rows and in, in the chairs. You are you are participating in the exact same way. So we would we would give them a, a bit of a review. And here here's something. We've talked about this, and I expect you to do this better next time. Mm, and so we would good. we would have that conversation all the time. That's good. Quite yeah. helpful stuff. All right. So so debrief and then also uh, don't forget to affirm your kids to yeah. to yeah, say, good. "Hey, good job. You we talked about this last time and you did such a good job this Sunday at listening and I could see that you were taking good notes and you wrote down the words that were on the screen and mm. man, good job, buddy. That that's what we want to do, isn't that? That that pleases the Lord when we when we sit under his word and submit to it with our bodies, with our voices. One one exhortation I gave a brother was their one of their children really liked to ask questions during the during the gathering. And and so I said, well, without uh, completely putting a wet blanket over the, your kid's inquisitive nature, uh, it's good that your kid has questions. Talk to them beforehand and say, hey, darling, if you have any questions, we'll talk about it after. Mm-hmm. So you could either write them down or just try to remember, but we're not going to talk about them during yeah. the gathering right. or during the message. If the right. pastor says something you don't know, we'll talk about it after. So save your questions, have That's questions, good. and then in that debriefing moment, your child can you can welcome those questions. Yeah. Do you have any questions? questions? Right. What parent wouldn't want to just yeah. keep answering questions that ride kids home would have from, from the sermon? When you're riding home from church or when you're having lunch, um, kids, what questions do you have from church? What did you hear? Yeah. What did you see? And we have a children's note a sermon note page that's like this special yeah. thing with different sections for yeah. who's preaching, what's the text, what were words that you heard that you is didn't that know. Is that at the Connection Center? I think it usually is. So yeah. so look for that or ask ask one of our staff or 
or elders where you could find that for your kids. So once your kids get to the reading writing age, it's a great. So yeah, for for six, seven, eight year olds, like we're talking about being in the gathering for the first time, it's a great visual way because it's kind of comic book strippy looking. Yeah, and it, it, it's like a Christian version <laughs> yeah. of something you'd get at Chili's, and kids can work on right. Tic Tac Toe yeah. or yeah, something. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, totally. So, um, but it helps them engage. Yeah. Um, so that's that's what we want because this is this is really important. Um, yeah. Parents, go, it's it's really important that you that you work on this and that you put put in the effort. To go back to that uh, thing of reviewing that that time of talking about the the service yeah. and what happened, um, I think it'd be really important for parents to be talking out loud in front of their kids or even directly to their kids about mom and dad's takeaways, what what yep. they heard, what they what stood mm-hmm. out to them, mm-hmm. what they need to apply to their lives, yep. things they need to fix, things they need to believe differently. Yep. Um, one of the ways that corporate worship, I think, becomes effective is when our kids begin to see mom and dad hunger for the Lord, hunger for his presence, sit still and almost motionless under his word, to sing passionately, to to pray genuinely, uh, and then to walk away from it, having met with the living God and and have something to say about it, have something that changes their lives. So I, I think that's there's like a an incalculable cumulative effect of our kids seeing that happen between us and the Lord week in, week out over the course of many years. Yeah. And so I, I just want to implore parents. Um, part of the reason for your kids being in the service, if you need any motivation whatsoever, and, and and by the way, don't think, well, I think them being in the service really is dependent on how much they get out of the sermon. I think they're only getting 20%. Therefore, I don't know. I feel like it's 80% useless. Really? Hmm. We can think more creatively than that, I hope. Yeah. In one of the ways, it's more useful than just the 20% that they might get. And by the way, they probably get way more than you think. They do. Right, uh, but one of the ways is just the the effect of them seeing mom and dad worship the Lord week in and week out, and prioritize the gathering of the church, and apply God's word to their lives. Uh, who knows what God will do with yeah. that? That's right. uh, I think at one point I did the math, and between ages five to eighteen, you have about seven hundred and twenty-five Sundays. Yeah, uh, which. Not that many. It's it's a like you think of seven hundred twenty five Sundays. That's a lot. So it's a lot of influence, yeah. but it all it's also not many, no, right? Like no. you can kind of hear that number two ways. You've you only got seven hundred twenty five of these, yeah. but you get seven hundred twenty five chances mm-hmm. for them to see uh, you worship yeah. God with all your heart. And and man, don't miss that opportunity. Don't. We're passing on our priorities to our kids all the mm-hmm. time with what we spend our time and money and and talents investing in, um, why not the gathering of the church uh, when it's so central to who we are as Christians? Uh, so making the church gathering the the epicenter of your life and and showing your kids that. I, I heard somebody recently say it, say it this way, if if the gathering is is optional for parents, then it will become unnecessary for the, the kids. Yeah. The, the kids will grow up and see it as unnecessary um, if, if it's optional for, for parents. So see it as necessary. See it as uh, foundational and not optional. And, and your kids will too. And your kids, uh, they do. They get so much more out of it than I fully 
realize and it just it'll pop up in random times on a Thursday afternoon. One yeah. of your kids will just you'll be talking about something. They'll be like, yeah, that was like in the sermon. And you're yeah. like, what? I didn't even catch that. And yeah. your kids are sponges. They are soaking it up. They are watching. They are paying attention. So parents, let's let's do all that we can to train them up, to commend the Lord to them from one generation to the next, and 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 be as be as prepared as we can uh, for some resources. Yeah, if you're looking for more help, we do have these little brochures out on the the Connection Center, and we'll have them out in some hopefully conspicuous places for you guys to get. Uh, I'll I'll talk about one, and you can talk about another, Ryan. Uh, so I wrote one called "Before the Gathering." Sunday morning is a Saturday night decision. Uh, this was just a, a a weekly article that I wrote that we turned into a little pamphlet that has a lot of what we've said on this podcast. So if you're looking for a resource uh, about how to pre- prepare for the gathering with children, and then how to actually participate. We didn't talk about this, but but to be there and be prayerful and sing and listen and and look. Uh, so there's some there's some exhortations there for you as well. Whether, you have, so whether you have kids or not, it is so good. If I can commend it to uh, our listeners, you can. Uh, I call it the blue brochure because we've got a gold one and a blue one. Yeah, the Drews is the blue one, and it's very succinct and it's very good. Uh, so take advantage mm-hmm. of that. We're gonna, especially in the new service with the new schedule, etc. Uh, we're going to have these two resources uh, available in the auditorium yep. um, for a good long while. Yep. Uh, the other one is by John in Noel Piper. So this is a husband and wife partnership talking about, here's the title, The Family Together in God's Presence. And so this is the gold one. Um, it's a little bit longer, but it goes through sort of the vision of the family together in God's presence mm-hmm. for corporate worship. Uh, it talks about a lot of the practical things that um, Drew and I covered, but these are written by Noel Piper, um, and uh, and it's it's very good. It talks about uh, goals and requirements, what to do afterwards, just the closeness and warmth of uh, families uh, sitting next to each other doing the most important thing that God calls us to do. Yeah, if you're still struggling with the motivation of why would I bring my six-year-old the gold one. to this, go, go to the gold one first, um, and then... Then you and I can go get coffee, and we can talk about the blue one. Mm-hmm. Um, love to do that. So um, those resources are good. Uh, Pastor Tate recently put out a video giving more kind of the philosophy of the one gathering and why we are only having uh, children's ministry available for five and under. So you can look for that as well. I mentioned that earlier. Um, and then any of the pastors with kids, we're a resource to you. So Ryan's Ryan's kids are college age and up. Mine are 14 to 7, and then we've got a mix of pastors that have grown kids and pastors with young kids, so don't hesitate to reach out and talk to us about how we're handling it in these, in these, each, uh, in these particular seasons of life, yeah. um, and uh, there's different unique challenges to each season, and it is worth the effort uh, mm-hmm. to bring your family uh, together. Uh, for worship. So I hope this has been helpful. I hope we can uh, continue this conversation and continue to love and stir one another up to good works with our kids in the gathering each and every Sunday for God's glory. Amen. Amen.